Hello and welcome to episode 6 of Era on Air. I'm your host Mark Spencer, and today we're looking at a new A-grade office development in Sydney. At 151 Clarence Street, this project by Investa is the first in Australia to be awarded Well Core and Shell pre-certification at the gold level by the International Well Building Institute. That building is called Barrick Place, and today we're talking to the anchor tenant and also the vice president of the International Well Building Institute for Australia and New Zealand. The anchor tenant for this building, occupying the first three floors, isn't just any old company. It's actually the Sydney office for Arup, the world-class architecture and design firm. And rather than just being a tenant, they were also involved in the creation of the building. So now let's hear from the leader of the Sydney office about what it's like to occupy Australia's first well-pre-certified building and what it's like to work to various building standards, including the new kid on the block, Well. So my name's Andrew Pettifer. I'm the New South Wales region leader for Arup, uh, which essentially means that I'm responsible for the operations of our Sydney office. Arup is a firm with a very unique approach to its projects, and that definitely extended to its new office in Sydney. So here's Andrew on what it was like not only being the designer on a project, but also the tenant. This office here at, at, at Barrett Place was a really interesting example of that because, you know, when, when we first got involved in the project and, the, you know, the deal we did with the developer was that we would sign up as their anchor tenant and in return they would commission us to do all of the engineering design for the base building. Obviously, we also did our fit out um, as well. But the base building design was very early in the process at that point. So we were very much able to influence the engineering solutions. You know, had we not been the, the tenant or, or the engineer for this building, this would have been a, a straight VAV, low-term probably VAV system throughout. It's a, you know, it would have been a fairly conventional grade A you know, CBD office building. But when we looked at it, we saw an opportunity to do something different, which was on our floors, in particular the podium floors, the lower floors, to introduce an underfloor air conditioning system. And there are particular kind of reasons why that worked. And some of them are technical, like, for example, the building you know, on the lower floors is heavily overshadowed, therefore it hasn't got very high solar heat gains. You know, we have a, a brick facade, so therefore it's not, you know, curtain walling. And therefore the loads on the building were sufficiently low that we could make an underfloor air conditioning system work. So we knew we could make it work technically. But then, then the other side of it is, well, what would the developer and the market think of that? You know, because it's not the normal way of doing things. And the, and the reason we were able to get it over the line was because the developer said, well, you're, you're the tenant. You've got to live with it. If you think it's the way to go, then, then you know, we're willing to support that. Whereas... If we hadn't been the tenant, we'd just been the engineer, I think the developer would very much have taken the view, well, you know, it's a bit untried and we're not sure and how will the market react and all that sort of stuff, which we were able to bypass. So I guess, you know, that the point is that for any one project, there's a particular set of dynamics around it and the best outcome, you know, really depends on those things. And some of them are technical and some of them are sort of you know, kind of political or market driven. So yeah, as you say, when you're entering a situation like that, there is, of course, a lot of factors at play. But one of the factors that Arab is considering and, and pushing for is is progressivism. So in this design, as you say, because the conditions are right, you could do quite a, not a novel, but, but a, a non-default method. If you get buy-in from a tenant, do you think it's going to be easier going forward to convince a developer to do the non-industry standard, non-default way of doing things. Do you think that conversation is getting easier? And is that one that Arup is looking to do more and more, especially with this experience under your belt? 
It's interesting because if you look back at the kind of history of air conditioning in Sydney, you know, it does it, it does move forward. I mean, I think there is progressivism, as, as, as you put it, in, and, and, and the market does kind of move. I mean, the, the, the obvious example of that was 30 The Bond, where, which was the first building that used um, passive chilled beams. And, and, you know, that was also, I think, the first five green star building, or certainly an early green star building. So, you know, there, at that point, there was there was a shift um, in the market, and that then became the kind of the gold standard, if you like, for high-end office buildings and we saw you know a number of others that followed and then and then it kind of matured into an approach that was probably a slightly more pragmatic which is you know you don't just use chill beams everywhere because it's not the panacea but you know they are part of a mix of solutions that you can use but from the developer's point of view i think the whole green star shift that, that happened as i say about probably 10 12 years ago now that was developer driven largely you know, and and it's interesting then to you know we we talk about where on this building you know, and I think that that you know this was the first Barrett Place here was the first building that was pre-certified for well in Australia, and that was if you like another shift. A developer, in fact, you know, investor in this case, had identified you know a way to be progressive that differentiated their building in the marketplace. So I think you can, I guess, I'm saying be, being progressive. Kind of, as long as the developers and the market come with you, then um, you know you can move in in that direction. And I think actually the commercial office market in Sydney or, or in Australia, in fact, does that pretty well. If you now look at the quality of the buildings and the quality of the systems and the energy performance of the buildings that we have in Sydney and in Melbourne, you know, it's it's high. You know, I mean, what, uh, 200 George Street, which is a, a project that we worked on for Mervac, recently won the the Sibsi Building Performance Award in the UK for the best global performance of a, a building, and that was in Sydney. I, I actually think we've got a, quite a fertile market here in terms of being able to be um, progressive with our engineering. This would be a good time to mention what that progressive, innovative legacy of Arup is. Ove Arup was an Anglo-Danish architectural and structural engineer who set out to create a multidisciplinary consulting firm where members of various specializations would work together on projects rather than in isolation from each other. When Arup became involved in the construction of the Sydney Opera House, that was when its leadership began to be recognized. And now, the firm does work on some of the world's most historically and culturally significant projects. You know, the, the National Building Codes, they basically are there to set a minimum standard across the whole of the industry. Essentially, it's saying this is a legal requirement of a minimum standard. And whether you're building, you know, a, a shiny new building in the in the CBD or you're building a, a two-story office building out in the region somewhere, you have to comply with this standard, right? Now, I think it would probably it probably is a bit naive to say that, uh, you know, all all buildings, you know, be required to meet a, a green star standard or a well standard. Generally speaking, it's it's the top top end of the market that that is kind of in that in that space. And and I guess you know the other the other thing is if you did impose something like that then you know we frankly it wouldn't make a lot of difference to us because we'd still want to be working on the big side buildings in the in the cbd anyway um and and you know the, the danger is that um you know that there just isn't the expertise in the market and you end up with some sort of you know fairly chonky you know practice going on because it's it's just it's, it's just kind of not not there so I, I think the market works you know reasonably well i think you know don't get me wrong i do believe we should be pushing up the standards of, of building performance through building codes but i don't think green star is the way to do it 
So you mentioned, of course, Green Star and how that came in 10, 12 years ago and started to change the industry quite quite rapidly. And now with this building at Barrick Place being the first pre-certified well building, for people maybe like myself who a bit more are outside of the industry and sort of starting to take an interest now, especially because of emissions and sustainability in buildings, and also for people who've worked in the industry for quite a long time, how approachable are these these standards? So Green Star and Well can seem kind of a little opaque and a little scary and a bit like a, a giant rule book you have to follow to the letter, a bit like a tax code in order to get this <laughs> this cert- certified status. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of what's it like to work with them, work to them? Are they sort of in conflict with each other? Are they complementary? Well, and, are, they, and yeah, that's an are they helpful? It's an interesting question. I mean, just on that last point, you know, where the Well Institute, the Green Building Council, have actually been working together to make sure that they are complementary. Uh, and there are some credits that are kind of shared and, you know, they, they, they didn't want, obviously, it's not in either of their interests to be kind of competing and because you know, ultimately they're both trying to create better buildings. So that has been good. But I think if you look back, you know, Green Star now, you know, you, there is obviously a cost. You know, you've got to employ, employ a normally a Green Star consultant. There's work for the contractor to do. You know, there there is a, a, a cost to it. I'd say it's not, you know, it's not really an impediment for large projects. You know, it's a relatively small part of the overall project cost, and most projects go with it um, because it's it's almost a, you know, certainly in the commercial sector, it's you know, you've pretty much got to you've got to do it now. And I think with Green Star and commercial, it's very well understood. You know, there's lots of consultants in the market who understand how to get there. It's a mature process. It's not that kind of hard to do the process. Uh, and then, you know, you can choose, you know, four star, five star, six star, and obviously the, the higher rating you're going for, the more, you know, is it, involved. Um, well is, is, is different. Now, well is maturing now, but certainly, you know, this, this, this building that we're in now, you know, we signed the lease over five years ago. And, you know, so at that point we were already designing. And so we're not talking about well now. We're talking about what well was like, you know, four or five years ago. And it, was re- it really was sort of hot off the press at that point. One or two clients in Australia had started to uh, have a look at it. Um, and what, what we're finding at, at that point was basically is an American initiative. So there was a bit of work to be done to say, well, does this actually make sense? Or how can it be made to make sense in the Australian um, context? So we're working through all of that. Um, and the interesting thing about Well is that there's a lot of science that sits behind it. Okay, it's it's it, 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 it's not just a few people kind of sat around saying, "Oh, wouldn't it be nice to have more plants and a bit more fresh air, and you know, and, and everyone to be healthy?" It's actually based on. It was actually set up by uh, people who are essentially in the medical profession and really interested in you know how you optimize environments for humans for people. So there's a lot of science that that. Um, sits, sits behind it. So actually kind of when that was first introduced, you know, there, there were some areas, for example, one, one of them was around, you know, lighting, uh, how lighting is controlled and lighting levels and all that sort of thing. Uh, you know, there are various schools of thought around, you know, circadian lighting and uh, what sort of lighting levels are, are required and, and, and how light is distributed in a space. And our lighting designers, for example, had a different view to the, the medical view <laughs> because they're, you know, coming at it from a different angle. So, so there was quite a lot at that time to, um, to try and get our, uh, our collective heads around in, in terms of adopting the well standard. 
so, I mean, I, I guess to answer your question, yeah, there's quite a lot involved in these things, but they are worthwhile things and they are creating better buildings for, you know, for people and for the environment. So, you know, we're, we're, we're supportive of that. So now we've heard from Andrew Pettifer from his perspective as both a building designer and engineer and a tenant. We've heard some of his experiences and his perspective on working with building standards like Green Star and the new standard, Well, from the International Well Building Institute. But let's now get a perspective from Well itself and the Vice President of the International Well Building Institute for Australia and New Zealand, Jack Noonan, on just what Well pre-certification means. An organisation like Investor, so Investor are the are the owners of of uh, Barrack Place. They've been an early leader of the well movement, so much so that they were the first well pre-certified space. So Barrack Place was the first project to get well pre-certification in Australia, the gold level. Pre-certification is often used by building owners to get the design checked prior to the actual construction of the building. They're going through their certification at the moment. They're very, very close to, to, to getting their certification level. We'll see some good news on that front really soon. To get well pre-certification at a gold level, uh, particularly under version one, particularly for a building like that, was a huge achievement. What we call well core, another way of saying well for base building in Australian speak. So well core as opposed to an interiors type space. So we've seen this with Greenstar. Greenstar has a tool for design and as built, which is focused on the buildings itself. And it has a tool for interiors, which is for fit outs within the, within the buildings. Now, obviously the project scope is quite different when you're building a building, even the kind of the population that you're dealing with in terms of base building management staff and staff that run the building is quite different to the actual occupants within the spaces themselves. And also the base building will have control over certain things, but they won't have control over other things. So as an example, using Arab as an example, so the base building will have control over HR policies for their building management staff, but they won't have control over HR policies for the Arab staff. So there's a clear delineation there in terms of some of the mind and community type features. The delineation becomes a little bit harder when we're dealing with things like ventilation, you know, obviously we're on an era podcast, but ventilation or thermal comfort. So there's a key relationship between what investor is delivering to occupants within the art fit out and those types of benefits. So because it's a well certified it will be a well certified space, we know that they're they're going to be delivering a certain level of thermal comfort, a high quality of thermal comfort, a high quality of ventilation, a high air quality. You can't have a well-certified space with elevated levels of, of, of those contaminants. And that's going to be passed on to the building occupants. Similarly with acoustics. So the way that they design their facade and the way that they build their facade is going to have an impact on thermal comfort, but also on acoustics for, for the occupant. So there is a key relationship there. We recognise that. Organisations want to pursue within a well course space if they want to pursue certification for their interiors themselves. Not only is it easier for them to achieve high levels of certification because the base building has already achieved it, we also provide financial incentives for, for them to do that. So they get a 20% discount on all of their certification fees by pursuing it because they're in a well-certified core space. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and found something interesting and of use. Whether that's learning about Investor's new project in Sydney, Barrick Place, about Arab's history and perspective, about the effect that Green Star has had and that Well is likely to have on the industry. If you'd like to know more about the technical details of the Barrick Place project, you're in luck. 
Check out Ecolibrium for March, ERA's official industry journal, for a whole bunch more about the building's novel underfloor heating and ventilation system. Also, if you're curious about this new building standard from the International Well Building Institute, well, coming soon in the near future will be another episode with Jack, the more in-depth chat about the well standard, what it means of the industry, and what it specifically means for you, the ERA member. If you enjoyed the show today, please tell a friend, and let us know. We'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch on all the ERA social media channels, or just send us an email. Thank you for listening, and we've got some exciting stuff coming up for you, so stay tuned. I've been your host, Mark Spencer. Have a great day.